You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So one of the hottest topics in golf, it has been for a few years now, is shallowing the golf club. And this is also prime territory for this Mythbuster series that we're doing because we maybe more than any other element of the golf swing, we'll call it, we see so many myths associated with shallowing the golf club. Yeah, it's one of the top, top five, probably. Um, it's like the new lag or whatever. Remember yeah, and, yeah and, a, and a couple a couple myths are here one we hear all the time that if you just swing your arms up to the top laterally shift towards the target that shallows the club that does zero to shallow the club yeah people who shallow the club also do that also shift forward but that's not the shift does not lower the arms and put the club on plane well the other one that's mind-blowing is go up to the top and turn your body and leave your arms up and that'll shallow the club yeah taking the hands out lays the shaft down that's a hundred percent not the case. Now you can get somebody to do that kind of manually and manufacture something, but most people you tell to do that and leave the arms up, the hands are going to shoot towards the ball, which we don't see great players do. And nope. they also, most people will steepen the club at the same time. So it's kind of an anti-shallow move. Yeah. Because you're holding the club with a torque in your hands that holds the club upright. So the, the physics explanation for just taking the butt of the club towards the, the ball lays the club down doesn't apply to the golf swing when you actually have both hands on the club that can override any of that torque that's created with the center of mass of the club. You override that in a heartbeat with easily, the hands. Easily. easily. Not only easily, most commonly yeah. we see that happen. So that's certainly a miss. The the other myth, I keep saying miss. Yeah. Yeah. I think Close by enough. now they're probably used to Close me butchering the king's language. Yeah. <laughs> Another big, <laughs> another big myth that we see all the time is trying to go external with the with the trail arm to shallow the club. Yeah, yep. And um, you know, if you're successful with that, or you try to do that normally, the only thing that happens is you lay the club face wide open and you start shanking it. And we've got a lot of data coming out on this. Um, number of videos coming out on this topic specifically, but for one. And we've measured players who've won over 350 tournaments, right? So a pretty good group of golfers. I would say. Zero. Tour events. Zero of them externally rotate the arm in the downswing, the trail arm. Zero. And they right. internally rotate it. I think the average is 35-ish degrees, give or take. So the arm just basically kind of lowers and then internally rotates to hit the ball. Yes, just like you would throw a ball. And it's just like we talk about with the shallowing part. You really are trying to lower the club. You're not really wanting to pitch it under a whole lot, right? You're just trying to lower that shaft down. I think one of the – I like talking about because we're you know, we're both over 40. Uh, I like talking about these 
images that, that we were taught growing up, right? idea of a skipping a stone across a pond. I've been guilty. It's yeah, such that. an underhand kind of level with the ground release, right? And you really feel that internal rotation of that, or excuse me, external rotation of that trail arm. The holes hit. To do that. <clears throat> and if you even remotely got into those positions with a golf club in your hand, one, you'd either miss the ball or two, hit it so far to the right. Well, try it. It'd be unplayable. Take a club in your right hand. And yeah. make the same motion you would to skip a, a rock. I mean, I had skip rock. I did it since I was a little yeah. kid. You would, you might, might want to stand on the right side of the range to do this, so you don't hit the guys in front of you there. And the the biggest thing, this goes back to the that golfers don't externally rotate coming down. Good golfers don't. Is that even when you get players dim? Because we have guys all the time demonstrate their impact position, and it's got a ton of that in there. What you're doing is is bending. You're not really extra because when the arm's in front of you, it's you lose a massive amount of range of motion to externally rotate your arm. Yeah. So even when golfers maxed out anyway, yeah. So even golfers when they demonstrate that, they're just going to turn and tilt to the side. The perfect example is the throwing the rock analogy. Everyone throws a rock, skips a rock. If you're good at all skipping the rock, your chest is almost literally the side of your chest is almost parallel to the ground. Think of like Joaquin Neiman type impact. Yeah, it's like a submarine pitch, right? And a better analogy, I think, would be to hold a ball in your hand, wheel it up to the top, and throw it on the target line about two feet in front of the ball you're wanting to hit. Yeah, that's a good one. You're going to see a much different arm release, body motion than if you were trying to skip one, you know, 50 yards across the lake. Yeah, because you, you know, that the, the momentum of the club is working toward the ball instead of you being kind of under with this elbow way forward. You'll never hit that target line in front of the ball if you try to externally rotate the arm. No, you won't. You'll miss it by a mile. <laughs> You'll miss it by a mile. But that's much more of a realistic throwing motion um, than externally rotating the arm coming in the downswing because it just – it reeks. It, one, nobody does it. I mean, if you had so a crazy wild across the line, way up trail arm, you know, you probably would do it a little bit. But that's still an outlier type motion. Yeah, just – yeah, I mean, I'm not saying no one's ever done it because right. we haven't measured everyone has ever played. Right. But when you capture that many winners and you don't see it once, it's a pretty rare occurrence. Yeah, and we're kind of, it's kind of hard to explain all this. We're coming out with a I feel like we're arguing between the difference of do you like white unicorns or brown unicorns? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like they're unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Right? You don't exactly. really ever see them. Um, so those are the three big ones that we see all the time as far as miss with shallowing goes, right? Yes, people who shallow the club shift forward. People who don't shallow the club shift forward, so that's not a shallower. It doesn't affect the arms. They're just two separate occurrences. It's like saying, um, you know, if you want to win on Sunday, you need to wear white shoes because most of the people that win on Sunday wear white shoes. Yeah. It's like the two aren't really related. Exactly. Um, and the other one, we see golfers every day trying to shallow doing that. Every day. Yeah, taking it. We had one in one of the golf schools. He, he took the hands – he tried to get the hands to work at the target line, mm -hmm. and all it did was lay. He was one of these guys that figured out how not to get steep doing that. Mm -hmm. He would lay the club. It would tip the club back so far under plane and open, it literally looked like he was trying to hit a bunker shot because that motion lays the shaft back, and that's an opener. And that's been taught. Like All of these things have been taught for a long time. Again, it goes back to these generational things that are passed down. You know, um, 
uh, it was taught to me by stabbing, taking the grip and stabbing the ball with it. I had that drill. Whoa, that messed me up. Yeah. And it got me hitting shanks. I was like, well, this can't be right. <laughs> Fairly athletic. How can I not stop? And that's where not the only shanks begin, doing this. Because now yeah. you're questioning what the teacher told you. You're not hitting it good, but if they're really confident in what they're teaching, they'll beat it on you until you figure out how to make some kind of weird. You'll, if you believe in what they're telling you enough, you'll make some kind of weird compensation and make contact with the ball. But man, you are in for a long road. And the guy probably knows he's, he's a friend of mine, a guy we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So he won't mind, but I mean, that the club was so open. I had to get him to quit shallowing it because he and lower the hands and lower the whole club down so the club came down and the face didn't suffer by laying way back on its on its back yeah so we have our arms just think of your 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 upper right arm whatever is your trail arm the humerus i think that's the humerus Uh right so if you're standing up at address your arms are down by your side there's no elevation to your arm right once you bend over an address the arms elevated in the ballpark of 35, 40 degrees, like yeah, off, off your spine. Yeah, and we'll call they're, it. They're out in front of it's you. It's hanging in front mm-hmm. of you. Tour players on average are going to lift another 15 degrees from there to the top. Cut. Okay. From the top to left arm parallel on the downswing, it lowers 24 degrees. So it's, it's lowering. It's doing the opposite of staying up. It's lowering. And that's to your point. The club's never more shallow. It is. And it will be at the top. Think about that one. Like we're used to seeing shallow from a down the line perspective. The golf swing's 3D. The club is the most shallow at the top of your swing. You've got to lower that Take down. Ball. Yeah, you don't try to lay it down from there or you get these really weird cartoonish movements. Well, I'm starting to see people that they're so intent about laying the shaft down that they swing the club up laid off and open. They're trying, they're, there's no, they're kind of cheating it, right? Yeah. It just happens with everything in golf. Your mind is strong. Yeah. It's thinking about your end goal of lay of shaft lay down. So on the backswing, it's going to cheat in that direction. Now the problem with that is a laid off club and an open club. Most people that pull on that, it steepens on the downswing. So you, oh my gosh, you're better off swinging it up a little across. So you've got some room for that club to lay Again, down. It goes a little. to the opposites. Yep. It's always the opposite. So a lot of times we, Mike and I've been doing this forever, and we've seen so many trends come and go. And, and this is one of them starting to see a lot more like laid off and open backswings because people are cheating that. Layoff. Golfers have two brains. Right? You got your golf brain, and then you've got your actual brain that controls your body. If your golf brain's telling you lay it off, lay it off, lay it down, lay it down, whatever gets shallow, whatever, your body brain's going to start. Okay, we only got a second to do all this. Yeah, do this early. We're going to start doing this into the top of the backswing, and then you get into that spot. And as soon as you put some force on that handle, the yeah. club stands up. It does the opposite of lay down. It stands up. And now you're in a world of trouble. Now, if you somehow do that and then manually figure out how to twist your wrist to keep it from steepening and then you pull on it. Listen, I'm not saying you can't play like that, <laughs> but it's not a fun way to play. I mean, it'll it'll drive you out of the game having that many manual things to do. Like you should be doing things in the swing that get the club to react kind of naturally. You shouldn't be having to really manually crank the club shallow. I just, I've never done that, tried to do that my entire life. And my swing is overly shallow at times. So that can't be the, the thing that you're doing to, to cause it to lay down. You need to figure out the things that happened before to allow it to react 
and get shallow enough to hit the ball. And normally that's just figuring out how to get it in a good spot halfway back and lower the club down, not just pitching it shallow. That's, that's funny. You Between the two of us, right, we both do a TPI test. I pass all the TPI stuff. You don't pass many of them because you don't have much flexibility. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just joints. You're just not very flexible. Right. You've I've never seen you make a steep downswing. Nope. And you're not doing it by externally because you don't have that range of motion to externally do any of this stuff. And, you know, keep the arms up, really external, side bend, all that. And it's got nothing to do with bringing the club down shallow and on plane. Nope. There's Zero. a lot more that goes into it, and those aren't the main drivers, if you will, the, the causes of a shaft that's not so steep. That's why we hear the comment all the time, well, you know, I've tried to do that. I can't do what the pros are doing. Well, the problem is the pros are doing it, and again, we've got videos coming out on this that's going to make it abundantly clear of how, how simple this move actually is to shallow the golf club. But the pros are not doing it diff- – they're not doing it with a level of difficulty – at all because it, it can't be difficult, right? They're, they're doing it. It's with economy high of pressure. Motion. It's it's such an efficient yeah. economy of motion. And then when we see Joe come in, and he's got six extra movements he's trying to do in that same. You know, you're exactly right, Joe. You can't do that. But it's not because the golf swings, the pro swings, more difficult. Is the am swing is far more difficult than a pro swing. This is a good point. All right, so I'm going to take it to the – this is the normal person who's trying to shallow. Okay. All right, I'm going to take it up to the top. Mm-hmm. All right, now I'm going to bend my – flex my lead wrist as much as I can. Okay. I'm going to start wheeling the knee open to get my hips to turn because that's okay. a shallower. Okay. Now I'm going to drive my trail elbow in front of my body as much as I can. Okay. Which, oh, by the way, adds bend to the arm usually, which is worse. And by the way, no pro does. No pro does. Oh, and from there – I've already taken up, I've got 0.2 seconds. I've probably taken up most of it. I probably got, we, we say by the time the club gets kind of waist tight, you've got 0.08. So now you've got to unravel all that within 0.08 seconds. And it's almost impossible to do if you really did achieve all those things. Well, so this goes back to, and one of the favorite things I like doing now in, in lessons is, hey, just pose impact for me. Especially if it's a golfer we've never seen before don't know his history. It, it helps us to understand a little bit of his history and what he's trying to do, right? Because, you know, everyone wants to give correct answers when they're being asked questions. So you don't always get the true story when a new player comes in. So, hey, pose impact for me, and you'll see the, the elbow way in front, really externally rotated arm, side bent. Like, what know, are you doing? Dickens, and the club's two feet off the ground. I'm like, okay, but now, now put the club on the ball. Or, or chip one from there, what they will always do is they'll crank it back up a little bit in the backswing and totally come out of anything remotely into those positions to actually put the club on the ball. And it looks nothing like what they're trying to do. So there's a there's a disconnect with the concepts and, and how those goes back to that seeing the swing in that third-person perspective. The concepts of what they're trying to do don't produce the actual movements that they so desperately want in their golf swing. And we say this all the time, just understanding impact doesn't give you great impact because of all the other stuff that has to take place. But if you can't even pose what you think that your body and club should be looking like at impact, 
you're in for a long road. Out of all the players that we've done that to, I'd say upwards of 500 golfers we've asked to do that. How many have actually posed a, not a perfect impact, but a pretty darn good Presentable. Impact? Yeah. How many do you think? Five over the years. Max. Yeah. Max just, just, they just don't quite understand it. Now, like, I take, like, tour player, like a David, I could tell him to pose something, he could do it. Yeah, but we're not asking tour players to yeah. pose impact. Yeah. Yeah, but the average guy <laughs> is not yeah, doing it. Yeah, the average it. player. And that's that's from plus handicaps all the way up. You know what a really good thing is that we, we've started doing in lessons, and you came up with it pretty much, is – all right, on, to expand on that point, all right, make a backswing and a downswing kind of slow and then stop when you're two feet from the ball. Mm. It gives us such a great idea of what they're trying to do, right? It's, it, it, it really yes. shows you what they're truly trying to do with the body and the club because if you swing back, swing down, and put the brakes on, they're so out of position. You, you can almost see, oh, I see, he's, do, he's working the trail arm in a, a bad direction. Yeah. His his hips are out of position, so a lot of times it's just education. Like, hey man, you were at a pretty good top of the backswing to end up here. You had to do a lot of things opposite the way yeah. you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, it's a it, film yourself stopping around around that shaft parallel in the downswing, and you're going to see how much work you're relying on in that last milliseconds before impact if it's a wonky looking spot, which most likely it's going to be. Yeah, because that's like the make or break point in the swing. Hands are about waist high. The wrists are still set a little. Mm -hmm. We call it like delivery position. Mm -hmm. right? That's, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's the point where if you did it right and let go of the club, the head would still hit the ball if you did it right. We've got a ton of stuff coming out on this. This delivery position, position that or window, kind of shaft parallel to shaft parallel, there's so many myths associated with that that are going to literally, we're going to have to show it because they're literally going to make your head explode with some of the things that are trying to be done versus what's actually being done by the golfer. This is why I, I keep saying it in lessons. The ultimate thing would be, and obviously it's impossible, but my mind, this is how my mind thinks. If there was like a, a McElroy suit and you could put it oh on, gosh. he would do some things in his golf swing. You would be like, that cannot be right. What did he just do through impact with his body and his arms and his wrists? I've been trying to hold the face off, not to hit hooks. He's hitting it. He's releasing this thing as hard as he can. Oh my gosh, we've we've shown blowing. we've shown simple things that that people comment and say, "Well, that's not right," <laughs> just because that's what they've not been trying to do. Exactly. And some of these things are really going to kind of challenge how you think about the golf swing by just seeing what these great players were doing doing from their perspective, not from the video camera's perspective, which again, is worth a 10,000 lies. And this is why it's to me to make it to a level like, like a Rory, obviously he's insanely talented and he's just gifted. He's got the gift, right? Got the gift. But he got lucky. He got lucky. Whoever, you know, he had a teacher probably his whole, I think he had the same guy growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. He, he came out of the womb with probably a pretty good looking swing and they didn't mess with it a whole lot. They just kind of let him grow into it. Right. If he, if he, imagine if he got with a teacher that tried to get him to do something, yeah. you know, totally opposite. There's no McElroy. It's part of it is just luck finding the right guy. That's not going to teach you anything to ruin your swing. Or in, in today's terms, you you just happen to follow the wrong 
videos, videos online or see the wrong information online, which is way easier to do now than it is back then where you'd actually get into the car. Your parents take you to the wrong instructor. Now it's literally in everybody's pocket, bad information. And we're not trying to bash other teachers. No, we're talking about concepts. There is so what you're trying to teach. Like there are just bad concepts. There are, and they're still floating around and they're everywhere. Oh, there's something. And listen, they're, they're alive and well. I mean, you don't have to work with us and follow us and everything, but the one thing I will say about what we've tried to do from the beginning is present what the best players in the world do, figure out those windows that they operate in and come up with ways to help the average golfer do those things without having to be DJ athletic ability to do it. We want you to have at least be exposed to the right information. Then it's a hundred percent up to you how you apply it. If you trash it, don't listen, don't think it's for you. That's, that's fine. You're your CEO of your golf swing, but you should at least hear what happens. And then you can decide what to do with that information because for the longest time with very few exceptions, there's, there's so much of this, this, these myths being passed down that we've all just, I and mean, us included, just assumed that a lot of these things were, okay, yeah, that's, I've heard that from several teachers, so it's got to be true. And a lot of times it's not the case, unfortunately, but that that's changing. More people are being able to measure the golf swing now. More people are understanding the golf swing better than at any point in history. So a lot of that's changing. It's just going to take time like everything does in the swing. As the technology gets better and, and less expensive and right. people start using it more and figure right. out, you know, okay, this is what good players are doing and this is what amateurs are doing. Let's try to fall somewhere towards the pro side. I think, I think, like you said, a lot more good information will be floating around and that helps everybody. Absolutely. Make sense? That's to me. So, you know, we've been talking about this some, but we've got our uh, membership called AMG Plus. A lot of this stuff is in there. If you want to figure out a simple way to shower the club... It's all in there. Uh, go to our website, athleticmotiongolf.com, and you'll find uh, training membership AMG+. And we get to see your swing inside of AMG+. Plus. You have access to post your swing, get our feedback as well. That's a big deal for a lot of golfers who don't have access to some reliable feedback. I mean, it really is. I mean, and, and we can, you can kind of show what, how you're practicing, and that's important. We feel like it's a great way to get better at golf. You always kind of have us there if you, if you need some help. And um, we'd love to see you in the group.